A light dusting of snow fell over Yushan this morning, leaving about a centimeter of accumulation of Taiwan's tallest peak. Temperatures were chilly across the country and will stay that way for another two days. Forecasters say lows of 14 degrees in northern Taiwan are expected as northeasterly winds sweep in on Thursday. Spring is already here, but in Yushan, it's a snowy landscape. This wave of water vapor brought more moisture to mountainous regions. In Yushan, the temperature and moisture conditions were just right. Snow was recorded today from 7.10 to 8.40 a.m. The snowfall has already stopped. At present, there's about one centimeter of accumulation. The Central Weather Bureau says snow in March isn't as rare as it would seem. Over the past 30 years, Yushan has averaged 3.8 snowy days in March. The mountain's heaviest snowstorm on record, which dumped 280 centimeters of snow, also occurred in March. Forecasters say the front will soon move away from Taiwan, leaving the weather cold and dry. Northeasterly winds will blow in starting Thursday, sending temps even lower. Northern Taiwan will get lows of 14 degrees, while central and southern parts of the island will fall to 18. It'll feel just like winter once again. After the front passes, starting tomorrow, we'll be under the influence of northeasterly winds. Temperatures will be lower in the morning, with 14 or 15 degrees forecast for the north and 18 degrees for other areas of Taiwan. It's bound to be chilly tomorrow morning, so make a note of that. The northeasterly winds are only expected to affect Taiwan for a day, with temperatures bouncing back on Friday. Highs could climb to a 27 to 28 degrees island-wide. Big temperature swings are in store the next three days, so be sure to dress for the weather. De facto U.S. Ambassador Brent Christensen sat down with the head of Taiwan's Indigenous Affairs Council on Wednesday. The two sides discussed ways for the U.S. to support Taiwan's indigenous communities, particularly through supporting women entrepreneurs. Wearing a traditional handmade Amish solder bag bursting with color, the AIT director and the head of Indigenous Affairs posed for a photo. This was Christensen's first visit to the Council of Indigenous Peoples. Guam and Hawaii are already members of the Austronesian Forum. Today we wanted to formally invite the U.S. to become a member too. Back in 2018, Taiwan relaunched the Austronesian Forum, a move that won the support of several Pacific nations. Last year, a meeting of forum members brought together 14 representatives based in Taiwan. On Wednesday, the AIT director's visit was hailed as a step forward in the U.S.-Taiwan friendship, as well as a chance to deepen exchanges and economic growth in indigenous communities, particularly regarding women's entrepreneurship and economic empowerment. One of the issues is developing industries in remote indigenous communities. We're working on finding ways to promote and provide business management training to women. The Council of Indigenous Peoples will be working with AIT to support women entrepreneurs to help indigenous industries thrive. The project is also designed to strengthen economic and commercial cooperation between indigenous people in Taiwan and the U.S. The Taiwan Palau travel bubble will open on April 1st, and the first tour groups to use it are already fully booked. On Wednesday, Central Epidemic Command Center official Chen Zhongyan went to Taiwan's went to Taoyuan's airport to inspect its travel bubble protocols. Arrangements have been made to keep the tour groups separate from other travelers at all times. 
they'll have to come to the airport three hours before check-in. Then they'll go get tested in groups. After the test, every passenger will get a test report. Upon their return to Taiwan, they'll be kept apart from other travelers inside the airport. In their first five days after returning to Taiwan, travelers will need to undergo an enhanced version of self-health management, which prohibits them from going to crowded places. Field workers, such as journalists and repair technicians, may not perform field duties during this period. Such employees may take quarantine leave, which can be either paid or unpaid, depending on the employer. Well, it may come as a surprise to some viewers, but female sanitary products as warm winter gear is a hot new trend. If you missed the news, here's a catch-up. Police officers in Taiwan's coldest station up in the Hehuanshan posted a video online explaining their secrets for staying warm and dry in the freezing snow. And it turns out, sanitary pads are their secret weapon. Flurries of snow turn Hehuanshan into an alpine wonderland. Snow and ice gilding the forest, cars and bikes covered with a dusting too. This harsh winter is hardest on the local police. But just how do they keep themselves from getting chilled to the bone? They filmed this video to reveal all. A policeman heads into a convenience store and picks up a selection of big and small sanitary pads. Then we're back at the station, where we see them putting on socks and plastic bags over the feet before sticking the pads into their gumboots. This is their secret trick. One of our colleagues remembered something that was shared with us by a school friend and by mountain climbers. They suggested we could use female sanitary products, pads, to line our snowshoes. At 2,375 meters above sea level, this is Taiwan's highest police station. The temperature averages just 3 to 5 degrees Celsius and can go sub-zero during the night. All the officers here, old and young alike, now have the system down. Cotton socks, plastic bags, sanitary pads all go into the shoes. The pads keep feet warm and dry and keep the coldest rain and snow at bay. Because of the cold and wet conditions here in the snow, we particularly like to use maternity pads, which are bigger and thicker and very good value. So the sanitary pad has a very important double use. The cops are glad to have extra protection as they serve the community here in Taiwan's coldest region. 23 Republican lawmakers in the U.S. have urged the Biden administration to sign a free trade agreement with Taiwan. In a joint letter, they call for a deal under the U.S.-Taiwan Trade and Investment Framework Agreement, or TIFA, saying it would benefit both economies and curb China's threat to global trade. Minister of Economic Affairs Wang Meihua thanked the lawmakers on Wednesday. Lawmakers from the U.S.'s two major parties have always taken extremely friendly actions to further Taiwan-U.S. ties. We are extremely thankful for their actions. If we can really negotiate an FTA with the U.S., we would no longer be under the thumb of our bad neighbor Beijing, which uses all sorts of methods to stymie Taiwan's progress with tariffs. In its tug of war against China, the U.S. considers Taiwan an important chess piece. What we want is progress toward an FTA. We would absolutely appreciate an FTA. We hope the Biden administration will heed good advice. 
Taiwan lawmakers from both major parties said they would look forward to FTA talks. They said deeper trade ties with Washington would make Taiwan less vulnerable to Beijing. Water supplies will be cut off two days a week in Taichung and Miaoli starting April 6. The drought measure was announced on Wednesday after a central government emergency response meeting. Officials say that on April 6, the drought crisis level in Taichung and Miaoli will be raised from orange to red. This means water will be shut off entirely two days a week in these regions on a rotating basis. The exceptions will be science and industrial parks, which will still be required to decrease their water use. On April 6, that is, after the tomb sweeping festival long weekend, the water supply in Miaoli and Taichung will go under red alert rationing on a rotating basis. How long this rationing will go on? To be honest, it's going to be a battle. It depends on whether the heavens favor us. Today was actually a good day since there was some rain, but the amount we had today is only a drop in the bucket we need to fill. The forecast for the next two weeks up to April is for average to below average rainfall. The impending water cuts will affect an estimated 1 million households. The minister warned that water cuts could spread to more parts of Taiwan if plum rains don't provide relief in May. When was the last time you saw a leopard cat? Taiwan's wildlife can do with all the help it can get. And Miaoli County government has a new way to protect animals from the dangers of road traffic. A purpose-built tunnel suspended in midair over a river aims to reduce roadkill incidents by giving animals a safer passageway. And recent footage showed us the first leopard cat daring to poke its head inside the strange invention. In the dead of night, a camera caught a leopard cat entering the wild animal's tunnel for a look around. But it came running out again in just 15 seconds. But this intrepid cat was braver than most. As well as entering the swaying mid-air tunnel, it stopped for a look at the camera too. The diameter of the tunnel entrance is 100 centimeters wide. We made this natural seeming design with wood shavings and put in a ventilation hole next to it. The precarious tunnel has an internal diameter of just 80 centimeters, too narrow for big animals. The 30-meter-long tunnel is reinforced with steel wire rope and lies over the Laodrong River in Zhuolan Township. Miaoli County's Agricultural Department explained that preventing roadkill is a big motive for the project. They hope the tunnel will give animals like the leopard cat a safer way to move from one bank of the river to the other and avoid traffic. To celebrate World Down Syndrome Day, young artists with Down Syndrome have painted a new installation for Yilan's largest cultural center. The National Center for Traditional Arts asked the Down Syndrome Foundation to invite some of its members to create a new centerpiece based on the theme Hope Tree. Brush in hand, these artists paint a rainbow of bright colors across these elements of the installation. This is a fun day to get together with other group members with Down syndrome. We want to bring together charitable activities with artistic skills. We invited the young artists from the Down Syndrome Foundation to come and paint for us. 
These kids are so happy to be able to come to the National Center for Traditional Arts. They were so excited last night, they couldn't sleep. For these kids, taking part in a project like this gives them a lot of opportunities. To celebrate the 10th annual World Down Syndrome Day, the Down Syndrome Foundation and PX Martingshan Foundation came to hold this Hope Tree charitable art event at the National Center for Traditional Arts. Students with Down syndrome painted a new installation for the center, raising awareness and showing off their artistic talent. We hope not just that they can have a job and a way to be independent, but also that they will have a stage to express themselves in society and to develop and let their hidden artistic talent shine. The Hope Tree image aims to plant seeds of hope, confidence and love in youngsters' hearts, as well as in those who visit the artworks. Let's now take a trip to Geelong's Peace Island, where a local seafood restaurant delights visitors with its seaside art displays. The chef owner is also an artist. His sculptures made from driftwood and pebbles and beachcomb flotsams and jetsam are the perfect foil for the traditional fish dishes he serves. The protected whale shark serves as shop sign, its friendly eyes welcoming you in. Then this dinosaur, all made of wood, even these unprepossessing pebbles are arranged as little fish by artist Zhuang Yingxin. These disused palettes have been transformed into tables and chairs. The restaurant's owner is an art design graduate. There is no menu, but his delectable fish dishes delight visitors on Jilong's Peace Island. tumble in the deep fryer, coming out batter to perfection. Then it's time for salted egg yolks. Or how about a dish of silver pomfret on a bed of rice, doused in fish sauce? This is a satisfied customer. The ingredients and how I prepare them are all very traditional. I also add my own creative flair. I add some more eco-friendly things to the shop. Not everyone comes for the food, some come to admire the artwork. The artist has even used seaside litter to make a decorative miniature version of Jim Bing Fishing Harbor's colorful harborside scene. Eating here, you can see this art stuff. I think it's really lovely. Pebbles, wood, even discarded umbrellas. You think, wow, you can even make something out of this. The artwork, made from the unlikeliest of materials, is a perfect backdrop for the meals made from the freshest local catch. <laughs> 